Welcome to Just Being, the podcast on learning to just be your most authentic self while caring for these minds and bodies we call home. Hello, beautiful beings, and thank you for joining us for season two. We've missed you all. I'm Nikki. And I'm Kirsty. And today we're going to start with a general catch up on the last month before sharing some of the ways we've been trying to put our own advice into action. Something which isn't easy. I've said it before, but it drives me mad that just knowing all these well-being and self-care tools exist and what a difference they make isn't enough to actually get our brains in gear and committed to keeping up those good routines. It really does take practice, persistence and patience. And even then, just when you think you finally nailed it, something is likely to change and make you start or adapt the routine all over again. But before I get sidetracked too much, why don't you tell us what your March looked like, Kirsty? So I really feel more motivated to do things recently. I feel like a bear that's come out of hibernation after winter, and as we've had a lovely couple of weeks of sunshine here in the UK, it's given me so much more energy and made me so much happier. Humans really are just plants with more complicated emotions. I definitely agree. <laughs> So I've been going down a few different rabbit holes in the last month since we've not been recording, um, one of them being Ancestry. Um, So I've really enjoyed spending a bit of time with my grandparents and talking about their past and their childhoods and um, tracing the family tree back and just looking at and noticing different trends that have gone on and how history seems to repeat itself through the generations. Um, It might be something we'll maybe do an episode about in future, actually. It sounds really interesting. And what about you, Nikki? You've had quite a full-on month in some ways, haven't you? Yeah, yeah, you could say that. It's been a bit of a transformational one, really. So my March started with me being signed off work by my GP as my mental health had really taken a knocking from quite a few different angles this year. Um, That being signed off felt crushing at the time because it just feels so much like a failure. And I think that's that's actually a failure of the culture we live in. And it makes you see that way to take take some time out for yourself, for self-care, for healing. Um, But it really was so needed. And actually, I think what stopped me from getting a lot sicker during that time in between a lot of sleeping and resting, which my body was telling me it really needed, I was able to do some exploration about the causes of my increase in depression and anxiety and to try and drill down on what areas of my life were inside my sphere of control. I realised that my work had turned into a huge trigger for me and was able to apply for and get a new job, which I start next week and I'm very excited, if a little terrified about. When you're feeling that way, be it anxiety's got worse, depression's got worse, or even just lower mood, less energy, lower motivation. Trying to find the things that are making a difference. Pinpoint what it is that's having those impacts on you, big or small, and trying to can take, take back control of at least one of them can honestly make such a big difference and can start that tough climb back out of what I refer to as the pit of depression. Life is definitely too short to be miserable about work or anything in your life that you have control over or can change. Yeah, I think that's the thing. Sometimes you just get to a point where you need to just let yourself rest and not try too hard and just sleep as much as your mind and body needs and have that reset before you can then start looking at little changes and the simple things that can make a difference. Definitely. 
And then once you've started that, you can get the momentum going with things again. Yeah. The changing of the seasons is definitely a transformational time. Externally, with the signs of life, baby lambs and new plants and seedlings coming through. If you're going to spring like we are in the Northern Hemisphere. And also, internally, it's a good time to check in with ourselves, plant those new seeds for the next season of our lives and release anything that has been holding us back. I guess it's like spring cleaning for the mind. (laughs) Oh, I like that. Soul spring cleaning. (laughs) Other than that, I've also been taking medication for my underactive thyroid for just over a month now, which they finally were able to diagnose after many years of blood tests. And that combined with proper rest and healing, alongside getting some healthier routines back in place, has honestly meant I'm ending the month feeling like a completely different person to the one who went into it. It's amazing how different you can feel with just the 30, 31 days of a month. (laughs) Taking our own advice. Which leads us on quite nicely to talking about the ways we have both improved our own routines over the last month by adding in some of the tools and practices we've discussed over season one. So go on, Nikki. Do you want to kick us off by sharing some of the changes you've made and why you found them worthwhile? Yeah, so there's been quite a few, actually, so it's hard to know where to start. But the funny thing is, all the new stuff are actually things I've done before. But with all the changes that's gone on in my life for the last six months of new relationship, a new house, my mum having her accident, now going into a new job, I'd slowly let everything slide, which is just so easy to do. And some of it goes back even before that. I had an amazing routine set up that was really working for me and my mental health before the pandemic hit. And considering how little we were able to do to fill our time during then, So many of my great well-being practices just fell entirely off the list during that period, which I think is the case for a lot of people. But anyway, I waffle. The biggest lesson I think I took away from the last month that was also drilled in to be by my therapist and things we've spoken about over the last season was setting better boundaries. Last month, I realised I was at my limit of what I felt able to take on and deal with. But I think this is the first time I've ever set boundaries with my loved ones when I get to that point to protect the limited energy I had and to try and control what emotional baggage I was allowing in and taking on. That emotional sponge metaphor we've spoken about before a few times. I effectively gave myself the time to wring out my sponge without keeping on dipping it back into the water of other people's emotions. It's the put your own gas mask on metaphor that applies here as well. It felt hard and not at all natural to me, but I am so proud of myself for it and I really would urge others to do the same, especially if you're going through a tough time and just feeling really mentally drained. Another big one for me is that I've been trying to be more mindful. It's that depression is the focus on the past, anxiety on the future and well-being to be found in the present moment thing that I kept going on about last season. But I do think it's life-changing when you start to pay attention to it. And I have noticed the difference to my mood by doing so. Having a husky, I do a lot of walks and I've started trying not to take my phone with me. Or if I feel I need it, as it can make me panic sometimes not to have it on me just in case. I'll try to keep a couple of walks a week without my usual earphones on for podcast or music, but to just focus on the sounds around me. 
and really take in the sights that I'm seeing, especially with all the spring flowers that are coming up now. Yes, I love that. Tapping into and being aware of the beauty and magic of nature that is all around us and spending more time in nature just feels so good for the soul. Definitely. Me and Nikki actually went on a lovely walk together in the countryside a couple of weeks ago and made friends with some beautiful cows. I love them so much. They're just so graceful and inquisitive. Nikki actually spotted that a few of them are pregnant. So I think maybe we should go back after we finish recording today to see if they've had their calves. Brilliant idea. (laughs) (laughs) Similar to mindfulness, I've been really trying to get that gratitude practice back into my routine as it personally makes such a difference for my way of thinking. Speaking about it reminded me how beneficial it is to shift that mindset from what I need to be achieving, focusing on all the things I need to do, to thinking about what I actually have and how grateful I am for them. Before I go to sleep at night, I list as many things as I can think of that I'm feeling grateful for. And when I wake up, I've also been trying to stick to your suggestion, Kirsty, from the morning routines episode of starting the day with some deep breaths and thinking of two or three things I'm looking forward to that day. They sound like really simple changes, but for some reason I find it so easy to stop doing that practice, stop focusing on that mindfulness when there's a lot going on in life. But it always surprises me quite how much difference it makes when I do make, make myself fit them in. Yeah, I'll be honest, actually, that's one thing that I was doing quite regularly through winter, the morning meditation and gratitude. And while I have still been doing the deep breaths when I wake up, I haven't really been doing the full routine. And it's so true. It's so simple and effective. But for some reason, it's so easy to let these things slide. Hmm. I have read a couple of times over the years that it takes about 30 consecutive days to form a new habit in the mind. I watched um, Lewis Howe's podcast on YouTube which I would highly recommend. And I can't remember which guest it was that he had on, but I know it was a neuroscientist who was explaining that um, when you're forming a new habit, you can get away with skipping one day out of the 30 days. But if you skip two days in a row, your brain goes back to square one. In that the new synaptic connection, which is like the bridge between the two neurons, is broken. And you basically have to start day one of 30 all over again. I didn't know it happened that quickly. That's really interesting to know. Yeah. And actually quite motivating to make yourself stick with it, isn't it? Just got to get to day 30. Like, apparently it doesn't matter where you are as well. So, like, if you've... Say you do day one and then you skip day two and three, you'd have to start at day one. But also, if you got to day 26 and then you skip the next two days, you'd still have to go back to square one. It doesn't really matter where you are in that month because it's not fully formed yet. Yeah. Another thing I found really beneficial that I was doing, but also let's side, was yoga with Adrian's 30-day challenge. I managed to get to five days in a row and I could feel myself getting slightly more stronger and flexible and grounded each time I did it. Um, But then life got busy or I might have had really bad PMT and I just stopped doing it, didn't go back to it um, for a couple of weeks now. So I'm going to start again tomorrow, start back on my day one and try really hard not to miss more than two days in a row this time. Well done, that's inspired me to get back on there with you. (laughs) (laughs) I've also been trying to have less screen time, which is surprisingly hard considering I know what difference it makes, which honestly annoys me as I know scrolling or binge watching on the regular doesn't do any good for my brain personally. Getting back into my paint by numbers has been great for that and something which has also really helped my anxiety levels. I just sit paint put on a podcast or music rather than the tv 
and it makes me feel so much better than an evening watching a show. Podcasts are great, I think, as they tend to be, or the ones I listen to anyway, more positive and also more educational than what I'd be digesting on TV or from my phone screen scrolling. Yes, I've been also been trying to limit my screen time. I need to try and get into a regular routine of when I'm sleeping and eating. I'm not someone who naturally likes routines, as my freedom-loving brain can find them a bit limiting, but actually I'm realising how they can be helpful in reducing anxiety and balancing my energy levels. So the first step I made towards this was to put my phone down and turn all screens off at 10pm every night so that I could fall asleep by 11 The other thing I love in life as much as freedom is learning. I can easily get lost down a rabbit hole for hours when I should be sleeping. It could be nutrition, astrology, ancestry, or most recently, the MBTI personality type. So if any of you listeners have taken this test, I would be interested to know if what your type is and how much it resonated with you. So going back to me putting down my phone, it was hard trying to do this to start with, but it was so worth it. By falling asleep at about 11 o'clock every night, I was able to wake up naturally in the mornings before my alarm. It helps me to start the day in such a better mood. And maybe this is why I've not felt the need to do the gratitude meditation every day. It doesn't feel as much of a necessity now that I'm not being rudely awoken by my alarm when I really need more sleep. I think that's amazing. Like, well done you. And honestly, just the fact that it's learning that keeps you awake makes me feel guilty because for me, it's being on my phone, scrolling through online shopping or looking at my Instagram feed. (laughs) So at least learning's better than that. But still, I think um, putting the phone down at a certain time is such a good tip. And it's surprisingly difficult to stick to. But when I know you've been doing it, I've been trying to do it as well as it sounded like a good idea. And it does make such a difference if, like me, you really struggle with getting to sleep. Yeah, I think that's the thing, though, because it's learning. I can almost excuse it a bit or tell myself that it's OK because it's not online shopping. But really, it's still you'll get it's a different way of me getting that dopamine hit. But it's mm. still probably lighting up the same part of your brain and getting the same kind of quick fix yeah exactly just in a different way particularly when you should be sleeping and winding down (laughs) and resting processing all the information you've already learned that day (laughs) I have been trying to have a look at my diet over the last month so nothing that extreme I've not been dieting I've not magically changed what I'm doing but I'm just trying to eat a little bit healthier and it's since recording that episode the food for the soul I've definitely just been more aware of what it is I'm putting into my body And I've got back into the routine of also taking my daily vitamins, which I used to do. But again, when everything started to get a bit hard, I'm so, I find it so easy to just cut out the parts of my life, even though I know they're good, just because I can't deal with thinking about more than getting out of bed, getting myself to work, whatever it may be. So I've started taking my vitamin C, D and zinc again, which I do think has also helped add to my increase in energy that I felt the last couple of weeks. There's another thing I heard about recently called habit stacking. And it basically said that if you're finding, if you've got a new daily habit that you want to implement, but you're finding it hard to find time to do it or to remember doing it, if you take that new habit and basically tag it on or stack it on an already existing habit, so something that you do naturally every day, like, I don't know, brush your teeth, you could do your affirmations at the same time as that and you'll remember to do it because it's tied in with something that you 
do an autopilot already. I guess it's like you could put your vitamins next to your box of cereal if you have cereal every morning and that will kind of help you remember. It makes it, you're not having to think of this entirely new separate Separate. thing to do. That's a really good idea. I like that. Exactly. I've not tried it, but I think it's a good one to try. (laughs) I'm going to move my vitamins to next to my (laughs) cereal box and I'll let you know in the next episode if it's made a difference. Another thing nutrition-wise that has helped to balance my energy levels recently um, and also stop some mood swings I might have been having is limiting or looking at the amount of added sugar that I've been having. I think especially following Christmas and the winter months where everything's a bit colder and you just, you're not as active naturally and you're closer to the fridge working from home possibly and um, you're more likely to go, well, me personally, I found myself going for things like more biscuits and things like that. And while things like that are really good as a treat, I think it got to the point where I was having it, you know, having hobnobs for breakfast. <laughs> if I had a busy day at work. Not great. <laughs> no. And it was just because it was like, oh, it's suddenly got to 11 o'clock and, you know, I'm too busy and I don't really feel that hungry at the moment because I'm distracted on what's going on. So let's just have something quick and easy. Um, but yeah, not not the healthiest choice. And I did realise that the more that I was having things with added sugar in them, I seemed to be... And also having the regular eating patterns so having breakfast a bit later... Um, I was either getting hangry or I was having sugar crashes and likewise finding myself relying a bit too much on caffeine or tea which doesn't really agree with me these days anymore anyway getting that kind of caffeine low once it had worn off I know it's easier said than done but I think sometimes you need to just not buy those things to start with because for me if it's in the house like I will go for it yeah Um, so I did a nice April and cold I got loads of like fresh like apples and oranges and things like that was craving that sugar I'd go for something natural and it Mm -hmm. did take like a week or so to get back in the habit of picking that or nuts rather than crisps and but I really found that after about three weeks of doing it not even three weeks about two weeks of doing this my energy levels and my mood just seemed so much more so much yeah so much less wavy and that's the only thing I changed in those couple of weeks so Mm. I think it was definitely down to that that's really interesting one of the things that um Chris says to me that helps me quite a lot because I also when I was feeling a bit low very much got into the grabbing for biscuits which isn't like me I'm not a big biscuit snacker at all but he would always say are you hungry or are you sad or bored and if you're hungry get something that's gonna nutritionally give you the energy and what you need so at that point you know I'd reach for the, the the fruit or you know actually make myself like a sandwich or something if I'm hungry and I'm my body's telling me it needs something mm. um but if it's that I'm sad or bored and think okay but is this biscuit going to fix that problem and you know sometimes it is sometimes <laughs> particularly of the, the BMT yeah, the biscuit or the sweets whatever it is that's what you need but then other times I could be like no I'm just bored I'm gonna go and read a book instead like rather than eating this half pack of biscuits for no reason and that's really helped me get out of the routine I've not been anywhere near as good of you with just going cold turkey on the sugar but I found it quite helpful that's really good and I think it just comes back to everything in life it's just that thing of being more mindful and rather yeah. than doing things in automatic or reacting to a situation by trying to fill it with food or whatever it is or learning Mm. like actually stopping and just pausing and asking yourself that question like do I actually want this do I actually need this is it benefiting my body or my mind or not other lessons learned What about any well-being routines or tools outside of what we discussed last season, Kirsty? Is there anything else you found that have made a real difference to your mood or mind this month? 
Well, so as I mentioned earlier, with the sun being out recently, it's made a big difference to my motivation to want to move more, as I'm sure it does with a lot of people at this time of year. So one thing I do struggle with sometimes is finding the motivation to exercise. I mean, I love going for walks and doing yoga, nice, kind of relaxed, chilled, flowy kind of movements. But when it comes to actual fitness and cardio and get my heart rate up, um, it's not something that I'm naturally drawn to, even though I know how good it is for me and my mood. So I basically decided it'd be good for me to find an activity that I like doing or a class that I can book in advance and commit to the same time every week. Again, trying to bring in a bit of that routine to stick with it as much as I resist it. And something that I'll find fun as well that I won't dread going to every week. So I looked at a couple of my local gyms, saw what classes they were doing, so I'll try a few out. And I actually saw one that was for dance fitness. And I, I don't think they were offering this when I last went to the gym a few years ago. And I thought, oh, this is great. Because one thing I do love doing is dancing, not to exercise, but just, you know, at a gig or a festival. Like, it makes my soul feel so good. So then we tried out another class and we thought it was going to be similar to the dance fitness. Um, but we went along and slowly one by one, everyone else in the room started getting their tap dancing shoes out. We hadn't realised it was a tap dancing fitness class. And as much as I love dancing, kind of freestyle, just going with the flow. Um, I tried tap dancing classes when I was a kid and I didn't enjoy them because of the kind of precision that you need with it. Um, and the it's coordination. It's a very different type of dancing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So my first thing was like flashbacks to when I was 10 of one, I haven't got tap dancing shoes and everyone else has. So I already <laughs> feel out of place. Two, I feel out of my comfort zone. Three, I'm not going to have the coordination. And it doesn't help that in a lot of these classes, you've got like the giant... The mirrors. Yeah. yeah. And luckily I positioned myself in the corner of the back corner, just happened to. And you couldn't see my reflection in the mirror or I couldn't see my reflection in the mirror from there, which really helped. <laughs> But honestly, even though I was a bit nervous and felt out of my comfort zone to start with, once we got going, it was so fun and it really helped that the teacher was just had so much energy and she was like, don't worry if you don't get the moves right. And all those thoughts I'd first had of looking at other people like, oh no, they know what they're doing and they've been doing this for so long and I feel so uncoordinated and all this negative talk that came in disappeared as soon as like they put Dolly Parton 9 to 5 on like, <laughs> and we were tapping away. Um, and it was just so much fun and I got such a buzz for it afterwards. But I think it just goes to show that sometimes you just need to put yourself in new situations, push through that slight anxiety and just try something that's out of your comfort zone and you might love it. And it could be something like with this with me, we're going to go every week now and I might even take up new lessons, um, proper dance lessons again. So, yeah, it was just a case of basically taking what I saw as a weakness of being discoordinated and thinking, nope, this is a good opportunity to work on it and improve it rather than run running from it because of my natural anxious reaction. No, that sounds really good. And I think also what you started off by saying with the, you know, you like dancing. So you looked into dance classes. Mm. So many people force themselves to do running or go to the gym <laughs> because that's what they feel they should do. But you're so much more likely to stick with something if you enjoy it and you're yeah. excited by it. And uh, I haven't done it yet, but I'm actually going to give lifting weights a go because I am so, so anti the kind of the cardio, the running, all that sort of stuff. <laughs> so um, seeing as my partner's got a garage full of gym equipment, he's going to teach me how to do some lifts and see if that, that, <laughs> that becomes my joyful way of moving my body. But it is all about finding the things you love. It should be, it should be... A fun challenge is how I look at exercise. Yeah, and also, you know... 
a reward to be able to move your body, a happy mm. thing, not like something that you're forcing yourself to do so you can eat or because you feel you should. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, we're, we're lucky that we have these bodies we can go out and dance or whatever with. So move it in a happy way. Yeah, and you said at the start being outside in the sun's really made a difference to your mood. Um, and I just, I definitely relate to that as well. Um, I'm quite lucky that when I moved into this new place in November, the landlord had completely stripped out the garden. So moving into like a fresh space, empty flower beds, bit of pressure filled to fill it, but it gives me a really good excuse to spend as much time as possible out there when we had that beautiful sunshine last week. Though now it's snowing, so I'm not really sure what's going on in the UK at the moment and feel a little bit sad for all my little plant babies that I've got out there. It was actually in a team meeting, I was talking about how much more energised I feel with the sun being out. And someone in my team said, if we all lived in a hot country, wouldn't we all be so much happier and so much more relaxed? And one of the other people said, no, because you need the bad weather to appreciate the good. And actually, I think he's quite right. And there's probably a very good life metaphor in there as well. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. You've got to go through the dark times to appreciate the light. Exactly. Is there anything else you you want to share with our lovely listeners? So we had a big spring spring clean. Um, That felt really good. So we rearranged the furniture in the front room. So it felt like the energy flows a bit better there. Also, something I do um, most years is with all my clothes in my wardrobe is turn the hanger the opposite way round on all of my clothes. And then a year later... You put them back in with the hanger the other way. Yeah, yeah, that's it. And then a year later, all the ones that are still facing the wrong way around, I'm like, I've not worn this in a year or two summers or whatever mm. it is. It can go to the charity shop. This time around, I think it's been two years, but that's because obviously we didn't get out and about as much. What was the lockdowns and everything Which going is fair. on? You would have just ended up with a pile of tracksuit bottoms and like comfy clothes <laughs> and nothing else. Yeah, yeah, no nice spring clothes or anything like that. And then after that, I got my sage out, um, my little smudge stick, and uh, just did like a little meditation and ritual to release any old or stagnant energy from the house with the smoke out the window and just lit a candle and set an intention to ask and welcome in any new positive energy or opportunities for the coming year. I love that. That's basically like a physical house version for what I was trying to do with my brain over the last month. But well done you. A spring clean is just so therapeutic. And even just things like refolding your clothes in the drawers or Mm -hmm. (laughs) trying to get some of the stuff off the surfaces. It can make such a difference to what's going on mentally by changing your outsides. It's on my list, but I've not got to it yet. But I will be doing something similar soon. But maybe without the smudging, that's much more a Kirsty thing. (laughs) Yeah, so I've actually been doing quite a lot of self-help type reading. Um, I was raving about Michelle Elman's book, The Joy of Being Selfish, towards the end of the last series. And yeah, absolutely adore that. Really recommend it. Then a friend lent me Laziness Does Not Exist by Dr. Devon Price, which I just devoured. I honestly would highly recommend anyone that kind of resonates with the sort of stuff we talk about should go out and get it. Anyone that's feeling a bit burnt out or struggling with the demands of kind of the society we live in that always go, always switched on. It was so good. I learned so much. I can promise snippets will be coming up throughout the season. But mostly, I think it came to me at just the time that I really needed it and needed to hear how vital rest and downtime is as it's something I'm really not very good at, along with how damaging the impacts of long-term burnout can be. And it was in the last month someone said to me that I was speaking to, 
about everything going on, a professional, it sounds like you've been burnt out for the last year and a half and just going around a constant cycle of it. And it was such a wake up call because that can be really detrimental to your long-term health. And now I'm reading The Life-Changing Magic of Not Giving a Fuck by Sarah Knight, which I'd also highly recommend, which I was told to buy by my therapist. (laughs) And so far it's proving to be equally life-changing. So another one I'd recommend. I love the sound of that. Can I borrow that when you're done with it? (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. (laughs) The interesting thing about all this reading is that I found it really, really hard to get going on each book. So every time I've finished one, starting the next one has felt like a chore. And a bit like the blogs that I was writing for Just Being, it's just felt too much like hard work when my brain's been so tired and so drained. But I knew it needed stimulating. And actually, for the blogs and the books, once I got going, I just couldn't stop writing or reading. My partner often says the hardest part for most things is just that starting. And I think that's so true. The same goes for him when he's working out or doing his model painting. It's so much easier to just sit and watch TV, but that's unlikely to actually make either of us feel better. And I know, Kirsty, you were saying the same today about having a month out of just being, trying to sit mm-hmm. down and start looking at scripting again. It just feels so hard. And then when you get into it, it's wonderful and it's exhilarating and energising. It's just that starting bit. Yeah, exactly. I had so much resistance and I don't know why, like as if it was a chore and it really wasn't because, yeah, as soon as I started down and looking at the script, I was like, oh, I'm so excited to be talking about these things again. Why have I kind of left it till last minute? Um, <laughs> <laughs> that is actually one thing that um, I've been talking about with my career coach recently and a new kind of mini breakthrough that I've had is uh, realising how much in the past I've relied on enthusiasm and excitement to keep the momentum going with things and projects and also realizing and coming to the conclusion that actually I had this negative kind of belief that was unless I was giving 110% to something all the time and I was really enthused and excited about it that it must mean that I just don't want to do it at all kind of this very all or nothing mentality and actually realizing I can't rely on those temporary emotions of enthusiasm or motivation to get things done Sometimes you just need to make a commitment to things and to yourself and set time scales. Remember your reason why and remind yourself why you've started this project or why you want to do this thing um, and just get down and do the, the work. That's really great advice. Or get a, a Nikki friend that nicely believes you want to do <laughs> Exactly. Everyone needs a Nikki in their life to organise them and make sure they're hitting their deadlines. And everyone needs a Kirsty to remind them to rest or just because they've put in a deadline, if they have, say, tonsillitis, maybe you can slightly adjust adjust and flex that deadline. (laughs) Yeah, the last thing I was going to mention that I've been up to is this gardening. So as well as planting stuff outside, I've also planted loads of veggie seeds inside all lined up along my windowsill because March is a great month for a lot of those. It's such a good feeling to see those little green shoots start to come up and even my partner started checking the pots every few days to see if any new seeds had emerged or how much the ones that have come out have grown and particularly if you grow runner beans like me they can grow a couple of centimetres a day which is really exciting to see Mm -hmm. and then the best thing is I'll get to eat them in a few months which I know from previous years just feels so rewarding when you've grown it yourself, particularly from those tiny little seeds, the little green shoots. It's so true. I love the whole like planting and growing process. Um, I've 
got a few planted so far courgette some sweet corn some spinach and it just feels so good and grounding to be out in the sunshine and getting your hands into that dirt and into the earth if anyone out there has thought about starting to grow veg we would really recommend it when i first started i was kind of intimidated by the wording on the seed packets it made it sound like it was such a complicated science and that all the different vegetables needed perfect conditions to grow but then when you start and just try it out you realize wow soil water sun and a little love is enough to create an abundance of food it still amazes me how potatoes just explode back every year if you miss digging a couple of the little ones up at the end of the season that's it i've got some coming out now which i realized are uh, ones i failed to dig up from the batch you gave me last year <laughs> So I hope you found some of these tips helpful or um, at least been a little bit interested in what we've been up to. But I think what's key to remember with all of this sort of thing is there isn't a final goal or picture of what perfect looks like. Not only are we all different to each other, but our own circumstances and minds are changing all the time as well. It's a case of always being open to learning what's out there and taking the time to see what works for you and checking in on if it is still working. If not, mix it up, try something different. That's very true. And that's one of the great things about doing this podcast together. It's helped grow our own awareness about things that come naturally to each of us and where our strengths and weaknesses lie. We are very similar in a lot of ways, but then we've also had to learn to adjust and adapt to each other's way of working. And I think it's helped both of us to find a balance that we can then translate into other areas of our lives in general. Like we said before, I'm good at just being and visualising and looking at the bigger picture or the end goal. But Nick is so good at the planning, the organising and coming up with the structure and deadlines that are really needed to make things happen. As with anything in life, it's about playing towards and leaning into your natural strengths, but also becoming aware of what you need to work on to help you live a balanced and fulfilling life. There will be some resistance when you try something new. There might be times when you want to go back to your comfort zone. But if you just push through that and stick with it, it will be worth it in the end. I was actually talking to a colleague about these positive mental health routines a couple of weeks ago. And both of us were saying how many times we've each got into a really good role with keeping them up, doing the things that helps us feel well. And I either felt like we're so on top of our mental health that you kind of become complacent and start letting things slide. Or something's just come out of left field, knocked you into that depression pit or anxiety spiral, at which stage it is all about just getting up, getting dressed, getting yourself to work, doing whatever you can just to cope with what you're going through. And it can feel really frustrating and like you're kind of trapped on this never-ending treadmill or spiral of starting to get better, getting good things in place, and then for whatever reason, it all falls away. But it's about being patient with yourself and just knowing trying is the best we can any of us can do. Don't beat yourself up if you get sucked into a big work deadline and suddenly realise you've stopped eating well and dip back into bad takeaway habits. Or you stop the gratitude practice you got so good at doing every night. Just dust yourself off and start again. Little and often, building it back up to a routine. That's one of the reasons we decided to call this episode Practice, Persistence and Patience. Because we really think that those are the things that underline all of this mental health tips and tools. It's not just a case of, I know that's going to make me feel better, so I'm now magically able to do it every day. They all take work and they all take practice. So thank you for listening to this episode. 
You can find us on social media under just being underscore podcast or follow us on Instagram. Nikki is colour me happy with two E's in me and I'm Holistic Kirsty, one word with no C. Or if you want to get in touch by email, message us at just being underscore podcast at hotmail.com. If you've enjoyed this episode, please do like it, leave us a review or even better, share it with someone else you think might enjoy it. It really does make a difference for people finding us. Or if you want to show your support, we do also have a buy me a coffee link, which you can find on any of our social media pages or from our brand new website, where we will also be sharing blog posts on very similar topics to what we cover in our podcast. Goodbye, lovely listeners. And until next time, remember to just be kind to yourself. Join us next week for an anxiety special for Stress Awareness Month, where we will look at both our own experiences and common triggers and discuss some tips we found beneficial in the hopes that they are helpful for you.